Welcome, and thanks for listening to this message from City Bridge Community Church. Our heart at City Bridge is to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. To learn more about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. Now, here's the message. There's a famous story years ago by a guy named Bill Lear. Uh, If you don't know who Bill Lear is, he's the guy that created the Lear jet. And at the time, it was the most successful jet that had ever been. It was the fastest jet, personalized jet, that could literally take people across the country in in breakneck, record-breaking speeds. And so his company, when he developed this amazing machine, his company literally took off. And uh, people started to buy these amazing machines and year after year after year, his company was doing better and better and better until one year, one after another, his planes begin to malfunction mid-flight, spiral out of control and crash land on the ground. And uh, all the engineers got together and they couldn't figure out what was going on. So they landed, they, they grounded all the Lear jets across the country and they tried to figure out what was wrong and, and all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put the Lear jet back together again. And, and so they tried to figure it out and they couldn't because they realized that the only way to understand what was wrong was to actually take the jet up into the air because that's where it malfunctioned. And nobody was willing to do that because they know that by doing that, they were risking their life. And so nobody was willing to take the jet back up into the air to fix what had been broken. Nobody except for Bill Lear. The creator literally came into his creation and he took this thing up And as predicted, it began to spiral out of control. And the only one who was willing to step into the mess was the only one able to fix it. And the creator identified what was wrong and he fixed it and he landed that plane safely on the ground. Now, why do I tell you that? Well, because that right there is the story of humanity. It is the story of existence, of humanity, that God has created us, humans, people that are made in the image and likeness of God, and he created us to be fearfully and wonderfully and beautifully and amazingly made by him, that we would reflect his image in this world, but we know that there's something broken in us. There's something broken in the world, and there's something broken in our own worlds, and there's something broken as you look in the mirror. There's something broken in you that humanity is beautiful, yes, but there's something broken in us, and you can turn on the news and see that, that we have forgotten what it means to be human and to show one another dignity and honor and respect, and we are living in a time of radical racial division and radical racial tension because People look different than one another and we use that to divide and then to downgrade and then to destroy one another. We're living in the biggest mass genocide the world has ever seen with the the killing of the unborn in the womb. We're living in a time that we're so confused about what it means to be made in the image of God and what it means to be male and female that we're literally just blurring the lines and saying, well, there's no genders, no, there's a thousand genders. And so we don't know what's going on. There's something broken in us. And for many of you, you don't have to turn on the news to realize that. Because you look in your world and and, and maybe someone that was supposed to love you and be there for you, man, they used you, they hurt you. And you have the scars and and maybe even the physical scars to prove that. 
And you don't even have to look at the world at large or the world around you. You can just look at yourself and you can know there's something really beautiful about who you are, but there's something broken that you're not what you want to be or what you hope to be, or there's something that's not right within us. And the beauty of our gospel is that the creator God stepped into his creation, that remaining what he was, God, he became what he was not, which was human. And by doing that, he fixed what was broken in us. By being the person that we were meant to be, by being true humanity, the way that we were meant to live, And then he fixed what was broken, and now he invites us to join with him as he lands this life safely back on the ground. And so we've been in a series called High Call, Safe Place, in which we're looking at kind of whose we are and and who we are as City Bridge Community Church as we launch into this new endeavor about what it means to be a local church with local leadership and local teaching and local members of this body that we want to affect Collin County and the rest of the world that we are looking at whose we are and that's Jesus's. That we're about, not about a building or a name, but about the name, the name of Jesus Christ that we have linked our lives, not to a religion or a philosophy, but as to a person. And then from there, we talked about kind of what we're all about, that we're about community and full devotion. And in these last couple of weeks, we've been looking about like what we believe. Like if you were to go to our website and look at what we believe, we've just kind of been moving through our belief statements of what we believe about the scriptures, the word of God, and how the word of God points to the God of the word. And so we talked last week about the God who is. And then this week, we're gonna talk about those that are made in his image which is you, what it means to be human. And what I found fascinating is if you go to our website and you were to look at our doctoral statement about the beauty and the wonder and the complexity of God, there's one sentence. And then if you look at the uh, reality of human beings, there's three paragraphs. <laughs> because we are so confused about what it means to be human, we have forgotten what it means to be made in the image of God. And so this morning, we're looking at what does it mean to be made in his image and in his likeness. And my hope for us this morning If last week's hope was to understand the beauty more and more about who God is, my hope is that we would see the beauty of who we've been made to be. And so as we move through our time this morning, we're gonna see kind of two major pillars. One is that humanity is beautiful, yet it's broken. We are spiraling out of control, and we can't fix us. And yet Jesus has come to rescue us and redeem us and restore us back to what we are meant to be. So that's what we're doing this morning. We're looking at those made in the image of God, which is you. And so first up, let's look at it. Humanity was made beautiful. We are, we are beautifully and wonderfully made. When you open up to page one of your Bible, Genesis chapter one, you see the God of creation, the God who is creating this beautiful world that's full of potential and life. And he keeps on saying, this is good and that's good. It's the Hebrew word tov, which literally means good. And it can also be translated beautiful. And then at the pinnacle of his creation, he creates humans. And he said, that is tov, tov. That is beautiful, beautiful. That is good, good. There's something amazing about us. And it says in Genesis 1, 26, this this go-to verse that really would solve the majority of the issues in our world today if we just believed this about our design. It said in Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us, 
make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps along the earth. So God, he created man, created humans in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. So we said last week that when you know God and we begin to understand who he is, it actually reveals to you who you are. And this is one of the reasons. It's because you're made in the image of God. And when you understand that, when you grasp that reality, it should change your perspective on how you view yourself and how you view others. Like you've been made in the image of God and so some of you just need to hear this reality week after week and day after day and moment after moment that because you're made in the image of God, God delights in you. Like like he delights in you. Like right now, my son is 10 months old and and when when I look at him, he literally looks like me. But like, that's us. I'm the one on the right. Or the left. No, 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 the right, the right. I, I'm the one on the right. And so he literally looks like me. He even has the same facial expressions as me. Which is the next slide. <laughs> and so when I hold him, when I walk with him, I, I delight in him. When I hear him laugh, I delight in who he is because he looks like me. And so God, when he holds you, when he looks at you, he delights in you because you've been made in his image. You look like your maker. There is something that is intrinsically true about you. So when you look at yourself, you're looking at someone made in the image of God, that someone that has beauty and wonder and creativity. And you can walk in a dignity knowing, hey, I'm made in the image of God, but you can walk in a humility knowing that I'm not God. So I don't need to have all the answers. There's something beautiful about you. And so when you grasp, I'm made in the image of God, it should change your perspective of how you view yourself, but also how you view others. As you interact in this world that you're seeing different people and each person you see, that is someone that is made in the image of God first and foremost, someone who has dignity, someone that God has made and God delights in. And so it changes our perspective of how we see ourselves and how we see our others, but it also changes our purpose of how we live in this world. Let's look at our passage again, because we see a couple things of what our purpose is, that that you were made, because you've been made in the image of God, you were made to look like God. It says, Genesis 1.26, that that then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. You were made to look like God, that God has these attributes that you're meant to resemble and to reflect, and so like the moon reflects the sun on a dark world, bringing light and clarity, that's what you're meant to do. That you're reflecting the, the, the amazingness about God to this hurting and broken world. You are made to look like God, but you are also made to lead like God. It, it says that, that God gave us dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And so you were made to lead like God. You were made to cultivate, to steward, to own, to move into every room that you're in, whatever project you're over, 
whatever person you're around and move towards them and go, how can I help them flourish? How can I use how I've been gifted and wired to move towards them and to lead them in a way that they could be all that they were meant to be in God? You were made to lead like God. And then finally, you were made to love like God. In this little poem in verse 27, it says, so God created man, that's human, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, we, we need to do some work here. Last week, we talked about the wonderful beauty, complexity of God, that he is both three in one, that he is united as God. He is one God, united as God, but that God is three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, all equally God, united yet equal, but the Father isn't the Son, the Son isn't the Father, and the Father and the Son aren't the Holy Spirit, and so they're united, they're equal, they're distinct. That's what we talked about last week. And so watch this. If you were made to image God, then you can't do it on your own. Because God in himself is community. And if God in himself is community, this unity, equality, distinction, then we actually need one another to fully represent who God is, that we were created to be united together under God. That's why it says that God created human, one species, one race of humanity united under God, but then we would see each other as equals under God, that we were made in his own image, so we have dignity and worth. We all have that. We're united. We're equal, but we're also distinct. It says he created them male and female. He created them. So you catching this? that you can't by yourself solely represent the fullness of who God is, but when we get together, and we are united with God and under God and see each other as equals and yet celebrate the distinctions that you are and you are and you are and you are. That is a beautiful and wonderful thing. And when God sees that, he says, that is good. That's good. That's beautiful. Because that looks like me. And you're representing all that God is. And that's the way it's meant to be. But that's not the way it is. And this is the tragedy of the story, is that we are meant to unite. But look at our world. We're divided. We're meant to see each other as equals, but we don't. We downgrade others so that we can elevate ourselves. We're meant to celebrate one another's differences and celebrate one another's distinctions, but no, we see that and we either blur the lines or we just downgrade that person and seek to destroy them or cancel them in some way. We are being attacked at our very image and our very core, and so we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us, and we don't see other people the way that God sees us, and so there's something really beautiful about humanity, but it's broken. Humanity's broken. And that's what we gotta look at next. Because three chapters into our story, where we were supposed to love like God and live like God and, and lead like God and look like God, man, we trade that. And we buy into this lie that God isn't good, his word can't be trusted. And we put ourselves at the center of our own story and our own existence and we begin to spiral out of control. 
And the more we try to fix ourselves, the more we get broken. And in Romans chapter one, verse 28, it describes this spiral, and it says, and since they, humanity, did not see it fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness and evil and covetousness and malice, and they're full of envy and murder and strife and deceit and maliceness. They're gossips and slanders. They're haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil. We're just making stuff up now. We're disobedience to our parents. We're foolish. We're faithless. We're heartless. We're ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree and that those who practice them deserve to die, we don't just do them. We give approval to those who do them as well. There's something deeply beautiful about humanity, but there's something broken in us that we are made to look like God and love like God and lead like God, and we are meant to unite together, but we're divided. There's something wrong in us, and the truth is we've divorced who God is, and we've forgotten who he is, and so we've forgotten who we are. And so when we interact with people, we don't see them as people made in the image of God. We see them as people not made in our image. And so because they're not made in our image, they don't look like us, they don't talk like us, they don't have the same beliefs or the political affiliations we do. And so we divide, and then we downgrade them. We speak poorly about them, and then we seek ways to destroy them. That is the brokenness of humanity. And when we collectively do that as a culture and as a society, no wonder we're at where we're at today, in which we're redefining what it means to be human. And we're taking part in the most wicked atrocities this world has ever seen, and we are hurting one another. And we're redefining marriage, we're redefining gender, we're redefining race, we're redefining right and wrong. Why? Because we have forgotten what it means to be human. And so since Genesis 3 onward, it's just the same playbook over and over and over again. Divide, downgrade, destroy. An enemy sees God and goes, okay, I can't touch him, but I can touch those that look like him. And where they were meant to unite, I'll divide. I'll have them divide over race. I'll have them divide over socioeconomics. I'll have them divide over what neighborhood they live in. I'll have them divide. And then once I have two separate groups, I'll just kind of make this group feel like they're better than that group. I'll put the bait out and then we'll start downgrading one another online as we gossip, as we speak poorly behind someone else's back, as we speak poorly to their face or through a screen and then it doesn't take long just to destroy them. We are meant to look like God, to love like God, to lead like God, but instead we are so consumed with ourselves, we put ourselves in the center of our own reality, and so we are, wanna self-promote, to try to self-actualize in that nonsense, so that we can just have this nice self-esteem as we live our lives for an audience of one. And since the beginning, it's been the same playbook over and over and over again. If you just study history, you see this. Every genocide has played out this way. We'll create superficial divisions within humanity. We'll downgrade the other side, and then we'll make them the problem, and we'll destroy them. And every time humanity falls into this trap, it leads to people being hurt. 
You look at Nazi Germany, you look at Rwanda, you look at the Soviet Union, you look at slavery, you look at abortion, it's the same playbook. Divide, downgrade, destroy. And it has rooted itself into every aspect of our existence and every institution you look at. At the highest institutions, this is the gospel that's being preached. There's this horrific quote from Peter Signer, who was a teacher at Princeton University that said this, said, human babies are not born self-aware or capable of grasping that they exist, and so they are not persons. Therefore, the life of a newborn is less valuable than the life of a pig or a dog or a chimpanzee. Those with physical disabilities are less valuable humans. Those with mental disabilities are less valuable than animals without that disability. And so if I had limited resources, this is the horror, if I had limited resources and had to choose between a high-functioning, highly aware pig and a low-functioning, low-aware human, I'd choose the pig every time. Princeton University. Humanity is beautiful. And there's something deeply broken with us. And I'll be honest, it is really easy to point out there and read quotes like that and point to Nazi Germany and Stalin and all these other things. But the truth is we are all guilty of this. James 1 talking, or James 3 talking to a group of individuals that claim that they know God, it says this, that with it, with our tongues, with our words, with our actions, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. We are the ones who take part in this. We divide, we downgrade, we destroy, because we are not operating as image bearers of God, and so we, it plays out all the time. It plays out in your community groups. And one of the main things I hear about why community groups break up is this, is, is that there's all of a sudden this division because I look one way and you look another and you're not like me. Newsflash, you are the only you. And everyone else is different than you. And so what happens though is we begin to look at ourselves and go, well, I'm not that person, that person's not me, and so I'm gonna divide, and then they must be wrong because they're not like almighty me, and then I'll just leave the group and blame them. We do it all the time with that. We do it in our marriages. Your spouse isn't doing the things that you want them to do because they're not made in your image. And so we downgrade them. We get frustrated with them. We get angry with them. And then we divorce. We destroy. We do it online. We do it with our friends, we do it with our family, we do it with people that are politically different than us. We are, have took the bait and it has taken all of us. And if right now you feel like you just got punched in the face, that is the diagnosis that scripture has given us. There is something deeply broken in us and we can point out there but all you have to do is look in the mirror and know that there's something wrong. And just like those mechanics couldn't fix what was broken because they weren't the creator, we can't fix us. And so enter in the one who can. And that's the good news, that Jesus 
remaining what he was, God, became what he was not, human. And the creator entered into his creation and he fixed what was broken and he landed us safely back on the ground that where we divide, he came to unite. Where we downgrade, he restores that equality because we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Where we destroy people because they're different than us, he comes and he restores this joy that we're, we are different and that's a beautiful and wonderful thing because it reflects who God is. And humanity is beautiful, humanity is broken, but Jesus has come to rescue us and to restore us, that, that, that God sees his creation beautifully made and yet wildly broken because of sin and that we're all guilty of it and nobody can come along and restore what's been broken so the creator must become his creation. God becomes human in the person of Jesus. He was fully God to rescue us. He was fully man to restore us. And so you see this playing out that God so desired that we would look like him and love like him and lead like him that he became one of us that he became the human that we were meant to be, to live the life that we could not, perfectly, majestically, wonderfully, all the beauty, but none of the brokenness, but then on the cross, he took all the brokenness onto himself. Why? So that he could rescue you, and he could restore you. Philippians 2 says it so well, and in the context of just us being charged to walk in a humility and walk in a dignity as we love one another. It says this, it says Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, 100% God, didn't count equality with God as something to be grasped or, or held on to, but rather he emptied himself, not of something, but into something by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men he, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming really obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so if you've been hurt by the brokenness of this world, or if you've been a part of the brokenness of this world, and you're looking around at your life and you're seeing the wreckage and the carnage of your decisions, welcome. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you might have been a part of an abortion. You might be filled with racial division because you see people that just don't look like you and, and it frustrates you. You might be confused of what it means to be male and female or how the gender should relate. You might be a part of the problem for any reason. You might have been short with your kids on the way here. You might have been ugly to that person that reports to you because they're less than you. Welcome. All of us are broken and we can't fix us. And so Jesus, not at the risk of his life like Bill Lear, but at the cost of his life, he steps in and he was fully man that he could rescue us by taking the sin upon himself on that cross. And yet he was fully God that he would restore us back to what we were meant to be. So you know what the church is? You know what we are? You know what followers of Jesus are? 
It's people that look at their lives and recognize that I was beautifully made, but there's something broken in me. And I've gotten to a point in my journey that I realize I can't fix me. I can't make what was wrong right. No matter how hard I try it, I seem to make it worse. And yet I see this individual, Jesus, who walked like us and talked like us and lived like us. And to read his life, you just want to be near him. He did everything the way we were meant to be. He was fully human and fully God. And we recognize that he was the creator and only he can fix us. And so we give our lives to him and we say help. And not just one time, but day after day after day after day, because what he does is he begins to fix what's been broken in us. And he begins to restore what's been broken in us. And I love what Ephesians 4 says, that we each and every day are called to put off the old humanity that was so a part of our lives, whatever that is in your life, anger or lust or pride or insecurity, we put that away and then it says we put on the new humanity that's being made and restored and renewed after the likeness of Jesus Christ, our creator, that became a part of our creation, that he might rescue us, he might restore us once more so that we can look like God again. We can lead like God. We can love like God as we see one another as united together, back together, not in a political party, not in a neighborhood, not in a country, but we're united together back to God through Jesus Christ and we see each other as equals, as brothers and sisters in Christ as we celebrate our distinctions that how you're wired and how you're gifted is being used to bless and serve the body. And when God sees that, he goes, that is a beautiful thing. And so last story. There was a group of artists um, by the names of Tim Noble and Sue Webster, and they had this art show, and you would walk into this room that was like a 10 by 10, and it was all concrete, and when you walked in, what you saw was this heap of trash. And so you're thinking, oh, it's one of those art shows where you're supposed to admire some weird thing and go, oh, it's art, you know? And, and, and you literally see this heap of trash and you're supposed to look at it and admire it for some reason. And, but then what happens is in the middle of the art show, the lights go out and from one quarter, a light shines in. And what you see is that through the brokenness comes something new. What you see is that in the hands of an artist, they can take what's been broken, what's been discarded, no matter how messed up, recreate, reform. And when the light shines, it creates something beautiful in them, but through them. So when Jesus came, that is what he did. He took us that were beautifully made but discarded and broken because of sin and he reformed and he recrafted. And when the light shines on you in the name of Jesus Christ, it shines through you and you are restored to humanity once more. So City Bridge, let's put our lives in the hands of the master artist and let him recreate what's been broken 
and make it beautiful once again. Thanks for listening. We pray this message encourages you on your journey with Jesus. If you found this message helpful, feel free to share it with others and leave us a review. To learn about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. You can also follow us on social at citybridgecc. See you next time.